Our thanks to Bill Curry Ford, presenting sponsor of the Scuttlebucks right here at JoeBucksFan.com. But you can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, many other platforms. And we appreciate all of you listening. Get to BillCurryFord.com to start shopping immediately for anything from a Mustang Roush to a brand new F-150 to their tremendous used inventory, BillCurryFord.com. Let's get to the Scuttlebucks. Broadcasting from the ESPN Tallahassee Studios in Florida's capital city and in partnership with the JoeBucksFan.com podcasting network, this is the Scuttlebucks on 97.9 ESPN Radio. The Scuttlebucks with Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang is presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's hometown Ford dealer for nearly 60 years and home of the nationwide lifetime warranty for new and pre-owned vehicles. BillCurryFord.com. Here's ESPN. Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. And away we go. Hello, Bucks fans. How about that ass beating? Woo, that was fun, huh? Not too many days that you're just kicking up the feet in the old rocking chair with a thorough beatdown of the uh, previously well-thought-of Green Bay Packers. Huh? That was uh, a game that we can all wrap our arms around and celebrate. Welcome in. Scuttle Bucks underway. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. We appreciate you listening. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, Tom, what, what to say other than this was a game for the defense. This was a game for Todd Bowles. Um, we're we're going to talk about Todd Bowles on the show today because he's my favorite coach on the team, I'll tell you that. Uh, and and he is my head coach, Tom. That's my head coach right there. Uh, that guy is smart, buttoned up, well-prepared. This defense plays hard for him. Uh, they, they, they make adjustments. Uh, everything about what the Bucks are right now defensively is very appealing. So was it twenty eight to ten at the half? I believe that yeah, was. Yeah, it was score. ten to nothing Packers, and then oh, it was a whole lot of get you some. So it would be Buccaneers offense fourteen, Buccaneers defense fourteen, and the mm-hmm. Packers in last with ten that is at correct. the half that this weekend. Yeah. Um, Near, would, nearly two pick sixes. You got to give credit to the entire coaching staff. No penalties in this game. Uh, there was one nullified, which was a good choice, as you put it on Monday's show here. Yeah, with, uh, yeah. a late hit on the quarterback. Once you got a uh, intentional grounding, pick him up, slam him if you can. Well, and that revokes the old emotions of Warren Sapp versus Brett Favre at oh, that very man. field and at yeah. Lambeau Field. And, and that's, man, it's a good feeling. I always miss the NFC Central. So when we get a chance to line up against those teams, uh, you know, we Whether draw at least the Vikings. Yeah, or we get the one Bears, a year because yeah. of where you finish in the division. But when you actually match up with them, I, I love that. That's old school for me. That's the era that I grew up in yeah, with sure. the Bucks in, in the Central Division. Um, but it's always nice to beat the stuff out of the, uh, yeah. the Packers. Yeah. I had to stop myself there. <laughs> 38 to 10, uh, you steal the win back that you had lost against the Bears and, yeah. and in a way that I didn't expect because no. I thought you couldn't pressure him consistently. And what you saw early in the game was the pressure was coming, soft shell coverage, and they had little drag routes underneath that Aaron Rodgers all day carved us up and he carved us up some more. But then the moment he throws the pick six and we squat on that deep out route that I'm sure we see every day in practice. Because Throw it in the trash. It is a fixture of our offense. Well, seemingly every offense in the league, and every time that pass is thrown by any quarterback, I go, ooh, no, no, no. We continue to pressure, get home, and affect Aaron Rodgers. And that's that's a monumental accomplishment. You don't hardly ever see that. 
Yeah, and he checked out. He looked like a guy that knew it was not his day, and they wanted to go home, and the Bucks beat it out of him. You know, they beat the competition out of them. Uh, it was unbelievable to watch. Uh, I haven't really seen that happen too frequently. Uh, not even Denver. I mean, like, the right. Bucks were overwhelming Denver, and you thought – Ooh, this is ugly. I mean, they gave the gift touchdown before the half. That's the only offense Denver had. And and they were they were collapsing the pocket time and again. But Denver kept fighting. They looked like they were competing. I, I, I swear that second half, I, it didn't look like uh, Green Bay had any desire to be there. Yeah, but Aaron typically does calculus in the backfield pre-snap. Sure. Like, even if they can't run the ball, they go empty and he goes through his cadence and he's either going to get you to jump off side or he's going to create yeah. the matchup. And he sees it all and he always sees the board, the whole board, like a chessboard. And yet he was confused, and he was on the ground. He was abused. That's why I bring up Todd Bowles. And Well, but then also Todd Bowles is led by two horses at linebacker. We talk about him every week, but they're more impressive, it feels like, every week. The speed. Do the the mashup, man. Go look at those two guys and the plays they've made so far this year. Our linebackers are the envy of the league, period. Those two guys. When we watch Levante David, who I can't believe at, at this age and, and having recovered from injury from a few years back, you know, you watch that guy. He almost looks like he did his rookie season. He looks shot out of a cannon, uh, which is apropos for the Bucks. And then, obviously, Devin White is not a, is not a miss. I mean, he can really play. That was a great draft pick. So there's, uh, yeah, if you follow Stephen Che on Twitter, uh, that's C-H-E-A-H, uh, and, and some others in the Bucks. Uh, community, yes, you will see all 22 cut-ups. And there's one that's a reel for both mm. David and uh, Devin White that's that's circling the, the Twitter sphere this week. There's one play where I just don't even know how you design this as an offense, and this is what you have to do now as a coordinator looking against the Bucks. It's an outside zone in which the right guard, they're running left. You're slanting left to block. The right guard is responsible for White. There's no there's way no he chance. can get there's there. No he chance. cannot get there. No. He's five steps too late. There's Devin White in the hole making a play on Aaron Jones in the backfield. Second and long. Mm -hmm. TFL. It's just incredible how sudden they are. The last time I've seen two backers this fast playing next to each other was Navarro Bowman. Oh, (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're going to. Shelly was good. Hardy Nickerson was awesome. Hardy Nickerson was great. But it, it's Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis for San Francisco. That's who we have. That's who we're watching week in and week out, and love it while you can. Well, and the thing about it, you know, I, I love defensive football, and I've, you know, I've held on to that love of defensive football for a very long time, but I've done so in an era where the league wants offense, and they've skewed the rules, sometimes affecting the integrity of the game, uh, towards the offense. And so you can't really play the kind of dominant defense that I hearken back to in the 70s and 80s where there were teams that could win entirely on defense. Hell, you could do it with Baltimore as recently as the 2000s, right? But for the most part, that kind of football is is a bygone era. You just don't see it. You have to redefine what a good defensive effort is anymore. Typically, it's like 21 points and a bunch of yards, right? You just you play bend but don't break and try to keep them out of the end zone when they get to the red zone. Uh, but this Bucks defense at times is, again, reminiscent of the glory days of defensive football, and it's because not only are they fast, Tom, lots of teams have speed. They're sudden, they're fast, they're smart, but they're mean. They hit with evil intentions. I love that when they get to where they're going, there is a delivery system. 
And it is, you can see the looks on the players' faces that are being tackled. It's different in Tampa. They kind of give that, holy hell, I want yep. no part of that look. Yeah, it's like uh, in hockey playing a third liner, like a Ryan Callahan or a Brian Boyle, somebody like that who always gets on your hands. Yeah. And you're like, mm, just, you know, that shift, that 45 seconds is different than when you play the other team's top right. line. Yes. You, you, you have the bruises to show for it. And that's what the Bucks. yeah, I mean, that safety, we're nasty. Ooh, Linebacker, we're nasty. We're nasty. we're nasty up front. And Domikin was super nasty this weekend. Sue's had a good year so far, and he had a good year last year. Let's just say it, that was yep. a good pickup. We weren't sure at the time because Sue kind of picks and chooses when he wants to play or who he wants to play for and how much he's willing to give of himself. Man, he's been good in Tampa, mm-hmm. and he also sends a message. we got a couple of attitude guys on both sides of the ball, and it can drive you nuts because, you know, Sue has a history with penalties and things that you, you know, take you out of a game. Jensen has a history, obviously, but I like what it does to your team. I like the image, and yep. I like what it does in terms of the, the overriding mentality. Well, we haven't seen a whole ton out of him. Some, some, not nothing. But JPP is also one of those guys. Yeah. And when he came back last year, everybody said that that lifted everybody's spirits, spirits and he yeah. held people accountable. It's a really interesting matchup this week should it happen with the Raiders because even though John Gruden runs a lot more shotgun than he used to, especially he hated you know, the shotgun first time with Tampa. Tampa. He hated it. Hated it. Pistol he was okay with, but shotgun no bueno. Well, he, he can create matchups now, and he can create shots down the field with max protection looks. Lord he'll go he'll old pick, school, leave se- six and seven in. That's not what we do in Tampa. He'll pick you apart on the first drive, that's for sure. His first 15 plays are gorgeous always, but, you know, so are Todd Bowles. A lot of times. Oh, yeah. Didn't happen this past not weekend. This past but weekend, yeah. It's just that's a really good matchup when you're talking about uh, the weapons that the Raiders can deploy the style with which they play. They've got a shot down the field. They've got a bruising running back. They use the fullback and the tight end to create angles. They use a lot of motion pre-snap. Could confuse our linebackers. Usually we're just coming in on pressures. But if you don't get home, there are going to be shots down the field. That's how Herbert took advantage of us. That's how we've been taken advantage of in some games this year. Ruggs is that type of burner. And this is what I said two weeks ago before we turn in this brilliant performance against Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I'm worried about the shot plays. That's about the only hole in this defense. The Raiders have somebody who they can take advantage of. Yeah, they got field. somebody that can do something about it. Um, and, and he's a nice player. That was a good draft pick. Um, but, you know, I again, I trust Todd Bowles. I trust this personnel. I trust the way they're playing together. You know, defense is an awful lot about uh, being cohesive, understanding, uh, and working together. Uh, I, that's the thing I see with this defense is a lot of guys flowing to the football. A lot of guys do a great job of reading plays, understanding within their scheme what they're asked to do, sacrifice for others in this scheme. There's a lot of that that's done all the time. These linebackers are, are basically clean. And that's because of the group up front. And I was worried about that when Vita Vea left uh, due to injury. But really no drop-off in this last game at all up front because, again, those linebackers play fast, but they're able to do that because they're clean. Correct. But Aaron Jones had been productive against uh, everybody. everybody. And so when you see that type of performance, you go, ooh, buddy. So you confuse 12. And then you beat up on Aaron Jones. Mm. That's exactly how you go on a 38 to nothing run where the offense doesn't need to be special. But the good news is the chemistry, it had always been there, but the chemistry in Tampa between old Gronk and old Brady is developing and all the more. He appears to be back. He's, he's looking like a guy now that has got his sea legs, right? He, uh, early in the season, I said he was running in quicksand. The, go back and look at the film. I think it's, or, I mean, we, we say film. We don't get game film, really. Uh, but if you go back and watch from the, the New Orleans game, there's a play where they try to get the ball to Gronk, and I think it's like a, a one-yard loss or a two-yard, something like that. It's, it's insignificant. I don't know that he looked like an NFL tight end. I mean, when you watch that play, you thought, 
uh, that guy doesn't look like he'd start in college. The throw to the right near the yes, sideline. Yes, yeah. Oh, it's awful. He's he's running to stand still, as you two would say, and it's just tough to watch. And now you watch him. Really, it started against uh, the Chargers, where you see him get open and he's running free in, in moments where you realize, okay, this is it's happening for him now. To a point, Carolina actually was where we first start to see him moving. To a point where you have a predetermined throw based on a matchup at the line of scrimmage. Yes. And here's the interesting thing about that touchdown to the offense's left, where they're throwing to a spot and it, it's a brilliant oh, throw. It's a really against good throw. Tom good. had a few really in the basket throws here this game, specifically to Gronk. Yeah, that one on the sideline on the right side. There's a backside slant on that play that's why the hell open. If you're just reading it for what's open, yeah, for what it you've is. got to play. Yeah. But now that he has enough confidence, that, that just that tells you a lot get about a big man. what it looks like in practice. Tom well, won't give you the ball if it's not going to help him. Even if you go back 15 years, doesn't yeah, matter. No, he wants to win. No. So what he's seeing from Gronk in practice is, oh, I can trust this guy again like I used to. Well, it's a it's a beauty uh, to watch in that replay, Tom. And, and I think that um, no matter what you think of Troy Aikman, he did a really good job of breaking that play down when you go back and watch it. One of the things he's pointing out is, Watch him run away. Three different times in this game, he runs away from a linebacker and or is too fast and too strong for a safety. And you watch that matchup and you go, that's why all those years nobody could do anything with him. He's a monster. But it's critical now that O.J. Howard is no longer a part of this offense. Yeah, Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely huge. Uh, Lee DeKemper, JoeBucksFan.com. He's going to join us in just a moment. Before he does, i got to remind you that you can get a new 2020 Ford F-150 truck right now at Bill Curry Ford for up to $14,000 off the October Offers are extra special at Bill Curry Ford, and you can start shopping at BillCurryFord.com. Bill Curry Ford General Manager Sean Sullivan, <clears throat> excuse me, lifelong Buccaneers fan. He wants to help you personally in every way that he possibly can by phone, email, text, in the uh, modern Bill Curry Ford showroom, you name it, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium on Dale Mabry Highway. The Curry family cares deeply about the community and its customers and has been here for them for the last 60 years BillCurryFord.com. Remember to ask for the Scuttlebuck slash Joe Bucks fan discount, BillCurryFord.com, or go by and see him today. More Scuttlebucks in a moment. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. You hear the music, it's time to bring in the man, Lee DeKemper, JoeBucksFan.com, the website. Bucks fans all over that website on a regular basis. i got to imagine with the huge lopsided affair this past Sunday against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, there was plenty of discussion on that website about just what are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We welcome him in now. Hello, Lee. How are you, brother? Jeff, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. And you know what? You had a great weekend this weekend. Uh, you and Tom. I mean, the Bucks won, and that was just a. I mean, when's the last time we've all watched and enjoyed a Bucks game like that? Oh man! Number one, yeah. 
And number two, you guys had a great upset win discussed with the, the Seminoles. Yeah, yeah. So Florida State beats North Carolina on a Saturday night. Everybody's feeling good. You get up on Sunday. You don't have to get up too early because it's a 4 o'clock kickoff. So you kind of ease your way into the day after celebrating the night before. Bucks get down 10 to nothing. You're thinking, well, this isn't going well. And the next thing you know, it's an avalanche. We get a rocking chair game. Everybody's sitting back, sipping on cold ones, laughing at the uh, Packers while the Bucks just dominate. It was beautifully. It, it was beautiful, and I'm starting to think that, not that I didn't think this before, but it, it's starting to sink in more. I'm starting to believe that Aaron Rodgers is a head case. Um, and the reason why I say that is, and I really like Aaron Rodgers. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch, but it was in his head last week. I, I think we discussed this last week on the show. It was in his head that he didn't want to play on that turf in camp and at, at the at Raymond James Stadium. And once they got down 10 to nothing, it's almost like he quit. Now, that's a damning statement for any professional athlete, much less the NFL. So I'm not, I'm going to stop just short of saying he wanted to quit, but he was certainly confused. And his body language suggested that, you know, let's get this over with and get the heck back to Wisconsin. I, uh, and then I saw a stat Monday, and I, I haven't been able to confirm this, but, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I read a stat where, Anytime the Packers have trailed in a game with Aaron Rodgers, the starting quarterback, their win percentage is 46%. That really shocked me. Yeah, that would be because... Over half the time the Packers have ever trailed, even by one point in a game that Rodgers has started, over half the time they've lost. It's like, Wow. You probably wouldn't figure that given that he's a certain surefire Hall of Famer. But I don't know. That is interesting. I mean, any time a team trails, obviously something's going wrong. I wonder how many times we would look it up if they were favorites or not in those games. But also, remember, mm-hmm. he did have a run there, Lee, where he was captain comeback. Remember all those Hail Marys and the big plays on Monday Night Football and the game against Seattle and all that other stuff? He had some stretches there where he made big throws in the final minutes of games. Yeah, all those Hail Marys were fantastic. That's that's why I was very surprised to see that stat. So, I mean, and that's also why I hesitate to say that's an absolute 100% truth. Uh, I don't know that, but uh, that was really shocking to see. And I saw that on, or I heard that, I should say, on a national radio show. Well, I will uh, say this, so hey, like, Lee, wow. real quick. I, I haven't heard anyone dispute that. So. On, the, on that front, though, Lee, I will say this. Just the overall, uh, you know, you're positing that the Bucks got in his head. I don't think you're wrong about that. I think, you know, the Bucks pressure obviously rattled him and he didn't look like yeah. himself after they got out to that quick lead. Once the Bucks took away some of those crossing routes and, and rub routes and, and got to him. Uh, yeah. I think that it, it kind of avalanched on him, but also it clearly bought his, whatever between him and Dominican Sue. Uh, what, what, do you know what that, where that goes back to what that's from? Was that when Sue was in Detroit? I, because yeah. they, they were talking from the get go. Yeah, that was, that goes back to 2014. Uh, I don't, I, now I can't remember the offensive lineman, but there was a case. Sue, the only time he ever missed a start was a suspension. And that's when he stomped, stomped on yeah. a leg of one of Rogers teammates, offensive lineman in Detroit, if I remember correctly. And it might've been that same year or the year after uh, in Green Bay, Sue stepped on Rodgers twice. And it looked like Rodgers wanted to fight him. And Sue initially was going to be suspended, but they, but the NFL uh, threw away the suspension after Sue um, uh, contested it. And, and, you know, he said, hey, my feet were frozen. 
<laughs> in Green Bay. It was late, late in the game. I couldn't feel it. I didn't know I was stepping on it. And so the NFL tossed away the defense. Uh, you want to believe that? Okay. And Rogers spoke about that this week. Uh, he makes a weekly appearance on Pat McAfee's show. He didn't go into detail, but he admitted that there's a history between him and Sue that goes back uh, to 2014 when Sue was with the Lions. And he said he, Aaron Rodgers thought it was more because they're rivals dating back to 2014. And he admitted that uh, even though it looked bad initially, he said toward the end of the game it was almost like cordial, like, hey, you missed that pass. Or, yeah, you missed that sack. And, and it was kind of good-natured ribbing. And, and Rodgers even said toward the end of the game, when Stu was back there jawing at him, they were talking about getting together after the game. Well, whatever it was, Sue had a fabulous game, and Roger didn't. Oh, yeah. So they need to keep their relationship as is, uh, which is uh, in Sue's favor currently. Uh, that was a that was a fun game to watch. You know, I, I think Todd Bowles is is sort of the in my mind de facto real head coach of this football team. I admire him. I think he's very good at what he does, uh, and his adjustments in this game were outstanding. Uh, I guess talk about that Bucks defense. You know, I, I feel like, and we've really championed them from the beginning. They've had a a couple of moments where they didn't look like the most dominant defense, but all in all, the numbers are there. And in, in, an, in an era where it's tough to get stops and the league doesn't want defenses to dominate the day, the Bucks are about as good as they come right now in defensive football in the National Football League. Oh, you're absolutely right. And, and to reference your earlier point about Rodgers being rattled, he definitely was. The various blitz packages that uh, Bowles was coming with, Rodgers had no idea where guys were coming from. I mean, he had, uh, at one point, he had Levani David and Devin White blitzing and JTP and Shaq back in coverage. And obviously, Rodgers didn't expect that. He didn't know where they were coming from, at what point they were coming from, at what angle they were coming from. They were truly, truly rattled. And I think that's, you want to call it the genius, that's the genius of Todd Bowles' defense. He has guys guessing so much that it throws them off track. I heard something this week, and I, I did not know of, that, you know, I was unaware that when Bulls played for the Redskins, that uh, Bill Parcells would talk about him in team meetings. That apparently his defensive coordinator at the time was the Redskins. They were called, they were called the Redskins then. Uh, was Richie Pettibone? He was also head coach. I yeah. think he lasted one year after Joe Gibbs. If I remember right, or before Joe Gibbs, one of the two. Um, and he lasted one year. They got rid of him, but apparently. Richie Pettibone's defenses were very, 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 are not just confusing, but very uh, complex. And Parcells and other coaches would send scouts and flunkies in the front office to go to Redskins games to try to figure out their signs, to steal, excuse me, to steal signals, in other words. Only they were sitting in the stands like a fan, and they were trying to get, read a pattern. And uh, Michael Lombardi was talking about this specifically. And Lombardi was saying, you couldn't figure out what Pettibone was doing. And the, the cool thing about that was Pettibone, the guy who called the signals on defense for the Redskins, was a rookie undrafted defensive back by the name of Todd Bowles. And Parcells remarked that, you know, this kid's already aced the Princeton exam because he was a rookie and not even drafted a rookie, and he already had Pettibone's uh, complex defense down where guys seasoned pros, seasoned coaches in the NFL couldn't figure it out. And that obviously was a harbinger of things to come for Bulls. 
I think, by the way, we better enjoy this. He's going to be a head coach uh, again. I know it didn't go well for him last time, but I think Todd Bowles will be a head coach again. I, the Bucks defense is going to be one of the best two in the league this year, and he's, mm-hmm. he's already being talked about, rightfully so, glowingly. Uh, we go back to week 12 to where we are now. This thing has been a total transformation. Uh, the, the Bucks are, are now a team that uh, leads with defense, and that's despite the fact that they have Tom Brady and they have the weapons that they have. When, you, when people nationally talk about the Bucks, they're now moving to talking about this defense more than mm-hmm. they are anything else. And if that continues, I think Todd Bowles gets interviews in the offseason. There will be a few jobs that open up. We know that. Uh, and I think he'll have an opportunity. So I, I'm just saying this to Bucks fans in general. We, we, we better appreciate this because I think he's really good at what he does, and, and I don't think he's going to be here very long. I, I hope I'm wrong about that, by the way. I don't want to keep the man from getting a job, of course, but uh, I'd like him to stick around in Tampa for some years to come uh, because he's really, really solid. Uh, let's look at it the other side. I, I want to give you the opportunity because I know normally you can't wait to do so, uh, but you love to talk about Ronald Jones. So fire away with the praises for the game that he had. <laughs> oh yeah, I, and, and like I, I, a lot of Buck fans give me grief, give me flack because I was so harsh on Ronald Jones for you know a year and a half. And the reason why I was so harsh on Ronald Jones, I'm all about production. If you're on the field, you're getting paid. You produce. You can't produce. Step aside. As simple as that. Nothing personal. I mean, I'm. I think, and I. I hate to talk about myself in good or bad way, because I'm not. A, I'm very subjective. I think I do a good job of setting aside personal feelings and just analytically focus at the matter at hand, at the play on the field. Uh, I try to pride myself in that as a goal of mine. And I. I mean, there's Bucks players that. I mean, my gosh, Altron Burner might have been my favorite player. He sucked as a player, but he was my favorite player because he always talked to me. He always gave me really intelligent answers and always took the time to explain things to me, and I really appreciated that, and I appreciate it to this day. Likewise, with Ronald Jones, I have nothing against Ronald Jones. I'd see him in practice. He was horrible. I'd see him in games. He was horrible, and to his credit, he took to coaching. There was a, a, a couple coaches on the Buck staff that took him under his wing, worked with him a lot, and we're seeing the results, and good for him. Good for him that he you know, was ex- uh, acceptable to extra coaching. Good for him that he decided to retone his body and work and pound to keep working at it, keep at it. And now he's enjoying the success. And I, I give him all the credit in the world, both professionally and personally. You know, a lot of players like, oh, what do I need to look to you for? I, I was a stud at USC. What are you talking about? And uh, he didn't do it. He, he transformed himself. And I think that's great all around. And that's really given the bucks a dynamic that they did not have before. And one Bucks fan, uh, just, you know, you, you have these, I know you and Tom have these guys on Twitter too. You know, some guy was giving me grief because I wrote that it looked like Ronald Jones was starting to turn into Mike Allstock, like a really powerful inside runner. And this guy gave me a bunch of grief for that. Well, that's what he's doing. He's getting a lot of his runs between the tackles. And oh, by the way, the blocks, excuse me, the Bucks are blocking very well inside, specifically Jensen specifically Ali Marpet, and Ronald Jones is right behind him doing the job. So I don't know if that's a criticism. I think that's a, that's, that's a benefit that he's doing so well inside. A lot of running backs don't like to do that. Rojo's doing that. Um, real quick, Jeff, about uh, uh, Todd Bowles. I'm like you. I, the Bucks ought to be worried that he might be gone. And there's a couple things here. I had spoken with an NFL source maybe a month and a half ago, and we were talking about Bowles. And 
this guy was telling me that Mike McCagden, the former general manager of the Jets who worked with Bowles, was such an idiot that Bowles, it, Bowles was handcuffed. That, you know, he, no matter how good he did a, a job as coaching, he didn't have anything to work with because McCagden was just completely inept. And by the way, look at the Jets since Bowles left. They're in Correct. a tail spin. Yeah. Um, this week, you know, I mentioned Lombardi before. Lombardi went on a big rant, pro Bowles rant. Went on a big rant, and that's what Lombardi called. It. He called it a rant, and you know he basically said the same thing about McKagan. He had a great line. He said McKagan comes from the Charlie Casterly School of Football. I'm not exactly sure what school that is. <laughs> <laughs> and and he said the same thing. And and Lombardi's words were Todd Bowles was ripped off in New York. Now uh, Jake Arians, Bruce Arians' son, who is closer to the team than most people may realize. He goes on a local podcast once in a blue moon. And yesterday he was on a podcast where he talked about Bulls. And obviously Arians and Bulls are very tight. He doesn't think Bulls is going to bolt next year. He doesn't think so. Unless, it's a, unless he knows the GM, unless it's a good situ- situation, unless the team already has a franchise quarterback, he doesn't think Bulls is just going to jump out of the first offer at thrown at him, that he's going to be picky. And, and that's smart, by the way. And, and apparently Bowles likes it in Tampa, and obviously he's being compensated well by the Glazer family. So he, he wasn't, he's not, unlike some people, Jake Arians, uh, Bruce Arians' son, wasn't so quick to say that Bowles is a goner after this season. Well, I he hope, thinks he's going to stick around a year or two. Well, I hope that's uh, that's right. And obviously, he he owes it to himself to to kind of obviously navigate the waters there and understand what he's getting into. So he's in a place where I think he's going to have opportunities over the next two to three years. So he doesn't have to jump at the first one. And it would be good for Tampa if he stuck around. Let's get real quick to this game. We don't know at the time that we're recording this whether or not it's going to be played. Uh, the Raiders uh, sent their offensive line home uh, because it was a positive test with one of the members of that offensive line. So the whole segment group uh basically told to stay home so we we don't know um what are you hearing and then secondly uh let's let's get an update on the bucks injury situation in particular how healthy is mike evans he was uh, obsolete in this last football game i'll grant you they didn't need him but it'd be nice for him to have more than a catch and you know show up and and, and play if he's healthy sure uh he is with a bum ankle and evans is one of these kind of guys throw back he'll get on the field if he can walk but that's really hobbled him, really set him back. And he is getting healthier, but it is a, it is an issue. Uh, Arian said this week that you know teams that are double teaming Mike are regularly leaving Gronkowski open over the middle. And Arian said both he and Brady, which I thought was interesting, both he and Brady are starting to learn to use Gronk when Evans is double teamed because that, that tells me that you know it's a completely different offense Brady is using. What worked in New England may not work here. Um, I thought that was very enlightening that Arian said that. As far as the injury front, Arian said that they're getting healthier, they're getting better. Uh, the key is Godwin. They can get Godwin back healthy. Uh, Arian, he thinks the offense will really open up once Godwin gets healthy. And the fact that he's missed a few games, you can tell him and Brady really aren't completely on the same page quite yet. Uh, as far as the Raiders go, if you're asking me what the Bucks worry about, uh, Henry Ruggs. He's a speed team. He gets by you. Forget about it. If they can contain Henry Ruggs, I think the Bucks will be okay. That will be the big issue for me. If they can contain Henry Ruggs, and of course, if Trent Brown can't play because of the COVID, uh, that should open up things for Shaq Barrett. 
since uh, Trent Brown is the right tackle. So that that would be, in the Bucks' response, a good thing. But I think Henry Ruggs is the key. I'm not worried about the run. Every time the Bucks face a good running back, they, they're able to shut him down. So I'm not really uh, losing sleep over Jacob. To me, it's Henry Ruggs. Derek Carr is uh, on-again, off-again quarterback. Uh, obviously, he's burned the Bucks in the past. But Henry Ruggs, if they can contain Henry Ruggs, if he can't get past Carlton Davis or Jamel Dean, I think the Bucks will be okay. My brother, it's always good to talk to you. Be well, stay safe, talk to you again real soon. Same here, guys. Have a good one. Thanks again, as always. All right, take care. That's uh, Lee DeKemper, the website JoeBucksFan.com. You guys know that, of course. And uh, I would I would note that um, uh, the, the game itself, you, you get a little worried about right now. We're just going to have to monitor that situation. But I like that he said early on when we were talking that perhaps if they do have to move it, that they could easily flex it to Sunday night or maybe even move it to a Monday or a Tuesday. I mean, that the league is hell-bent on getting these games in. Uh, if they can, because obviously they're losing the ability to kind of manipulate the schedule as we go forward. Yeah, the flex would be Monday afternoon or Monday night because it already is Sunday night, but they might be able to flex right. something else yeah, into correct. the NBC slot. Yeah. But so, yeah, uh, they might even play Tuesday if they need to. I mean, you know, that would suck for the Bucks in the back stuff. end of that equation. But yes, uh, the NFL is going to be aggressive in trying to avoid creating too many extra weeks of the schedule, a week 18 or a week 19 that throws everything out of whack with your TV deals, with the Super Bowl, all that stuff. That interview and this show brought to you by Bill Curry Ford. Bill Curry Ford General Manager Sean Sullivan is incredibly serious when it comes to his love for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their fans. He will help you personally seven days a week. Call him, email him, or visit Sean inside the beautiful Bill Curry Ford showroom one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Ask for your Scuttlebucks slash Joe Bucks fan discount, and Sean Sullivan will truly do everything he can to help you at Bill Curry Ford, everything he can. That's the family service you come to expect from Bill Curry Ford, and they've been honored by Ford headquarters many times for their exemplary care of customers. Uh, that's Tampa's first family of Ford for the past 60 years, folks. Get shopping today at Bill Curry Ford. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Bucks are on a roll. They better play this football game, man. I'm pumped to see it. I always like when we play the Raiders. I know we, you know, he mentioned it at the end there, that last segment, that uh, Carr has had his good games against the Bucks. They had a wild game where he threw the ball for 4,000 yards against Tampa, and they came back and won that game. That was infinitely frustrating, as you recall. One of many frustrating games for the Bucks over the last several years. It's an up and down league. Everybody was ready to, myself included. Chris and uh, Carr as the next, you know, upper class Pro Bowl. Uh, you can put him in and pen quarterback, and that offensive line was just as good as Dallas offensive line at the time, and mm-hmm. they've been up and down ever since. But the Raiders in general, they've been very, very good to us, and so is the opposing coach. So we like that. Lots of good memories when you see those two uniforms on the field. Uh, real quick mention, you may have seen this uh, earlier, folks, before listening to this show, but uh, some teams have restructured contracts of starting guards by converting salary into bonuses to create 
cap space for 2020. The Buccaneers with Ali Marpet, $4.125 million created. So they've restructured uh, the contract of Ali Marpet um, in, in order to create that, but that, that space in the cap, and they've coveted, they've, they've turned that into a bonus for Ali Marpet. Uh, Ali Marpet's been awesome. And, and I bring this up not so much about the money, because that's, you know, he signed a five year, $54 million deal in 2018. Um, and he's been well worth the investment, that's for sure. Um, he has one of the best grades of any guard in the National Football League currently, Tom. Uh, you know, when we talk about uh, the Bucks in, in, in the last several years in the draft, it really has been a boom or bust deal. Uh, Jason Light either gets it really right or really wrong. And and it's you know I guess I'll take that because if you're gonna tell me that let's say we do a fifty fifty thing here with uh, the first three rounds, if you're gonna tell me that you're gonna hit and, and and that when you hit, the guys are gonna be Pro Bowl level players. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Because when he gets it right, I mean, Ali Marpet is a find. That's not a guy that played big time college football. Meaning he wasn't at Ohio State or Notre Dame yeah, or someplace. Hobart. Yeah, I think. yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you would have had to seek him out. You would have had to go to the Senior Bowl and take a good look at him and say, "That's somebody I like." Um, and and then to take a risk on a guy knowing that the step up in competition is going to be massive. It's not like he, you know, if you're at Alabama and you're going against SEC defenses, or you're at Ohio State or Notre Dame or whatever, you you figure, okay, well, it's a step up. True. But this is a massive step up, and he's been a really good football player. It's what they did with Kappa as well. But as the story goes with Ali Marpet, we traded up to get him. I think it was in the 60s. Yeah. I think the maybe the 70s in the picks. But uh, Seattle was going to take him a couple of picks later, and they were pissed. They were furious. Yeah, that Jason Light went and scooped him. I mean, Light has been a lot of home runs, a lot of strikeouts. But the home runs have been more frequent of late. And this looks like this could be a draft that's another you know hit across the board. Werfs is great. Werfs is great. Yeah, um, obviously, Tyler Johnson is is more and more being a part of that offense. Well, I mean, you're looking for a fourth and a fifth receiver, sure. and Brady's the type of quarterback that can get to read He'll four, find read five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and and you know you, you look in the secondary. I mean, they, he's done a really good job. There. Oh, Winfield is Winfield's a, a candidate a, for defensive rookie of the year. He is, and it's uh, hell. He could be rookie of the year. Period. My worry is this. Okay, so we got Steve McLennan from the Jets earlier yeah, this yeah, week, yeah. and he's playing interior for us, and that's going to take up some of the space. Don't go after Antonio Brown. Don't do it. No, God, don't no. Why would it. you? Why would you? Well, I, I don't see any need. I know Tom advocated for him when he first got to Tampa, but I, I didn't make any sense. Apparently, he continually pushes for him. That that bled into training camp, uh, no preseason, what would have been the preseason. And um, Schefter reporting yesterday that the Seahawks would be the team that would covet and target Antonio Brown. They're the uh, proverbial leader in the clubhouse. Good. But Go. several other teams are interested, and we just cleared $4 million under the cap. So yeah, uh, color me worried a little bit. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, you've got a good thing going in Tampa, and that's not an area of concern. When you're looking to add people, you're looking to add people in places where perhaps you're thin or you you know obviously you lack depth or talent at a spot. It's not wide receiver. The Bucks are fine at wide receiver. Uh, it's not offense that I want to look at here i mean to me it's if you're gonna add people let's add stuff on the defense and ensure you know kind of bolster that defensive line now that we've lost vita vea uh you mentioned we bring in a nose tackle there from uh, from new york and steve mcclendon but uh you know look for guys like that that you can find out there and and, and make those moves you don't want to antonio brown's an ass uh he's he's a horrible human being why would you it's welcome an incredible that the locker risk. Room? it's a it's a ridiculous risk to take and for what reason 
Right, marginal gain in in uh, wide receiver production. Well, just because yeah. you have – listen, if Mike Evans is healthy and if Godwin's healthy, then all of a sudden those other guys, the other guys, Miller and, and, and you know, those guys, Johns, they become assets to you because yeah. they're above average players, but they're the third or the fourth or the fifth receiver. But you have two studs when healthy. Right. You take a look at teams like Minnesota who just traded in Gokwe today, uh, signaling that they're done. You look at the Jets. They're waving the white flag. Look, I mean, yeah, there are plenty of teams – around this league you look at the entire nfc east see if you can find somebody is evan ingram on? now i mean you know now i'm just pipe dreaming but <laughs> trying to replace oj howard but can you get yeah. somebody to go over the middle um not antonio brown on the cheap at tight end an extra blocking tight end that's also one of the things this weekend that if we do play against the raiders i'm very interested in because while i understand what lee says every time that there's a good running back in tampa bay faces him see aaron jones this weekend we stop him well, Gruden creates angles through old-school pro-style football. The fullback is a big part of that offense. And so if they can generate some type of rushing presence, what does that open up? Play action, mm-hmm, and you're releasing mm-hmm. the fullback and tight ends into the flat. It's the wide banana, spider two wide banana yeah, there you go. that Gruden loves. But we blitz and pressure our linebackers all the time. So Gruden's going to be able to create matchups one-on-one, favorable ones, if he can run the ball. The question is, can they do it to establish even some of those looks in the red zone or short yard situations? I... um. I like this matchup for the Bucks. I really do. Uh, and I, you know, I want to listen when you're when you're trying to stockpile victories. And we had looked at this stretch. We called it last week. It was going to be a tough stretch. It started with Green Bay. This road game against the Raiders. We understood that uh, these are critical matchups over the next five to six weeks. But I like where the Bucks are at. I like where their heads were at in this game against Green Bay. You talk about flipping the script pretty quickly and dominating the football game. Lee said it a moment ago. He's right. When was the last time that you could breathe this easy watching a Bucks game against a really good team? It's just infrequent, and that's the league in general. It's hard to beat people like we beat Green Bay. Yeah, thirty-eight to nothing run. It's uh, unreal. That's, that's a true 38 unanswered. I, I don't like that. Well, people, people love that. to say unanswered, right, but that, it truly was 38 unanswered, yes. You got the win back that you lost, and I and I know that that sounds kind of wonky. Resoundedly so, though. But, you know, that's a Chicago game that you should have won, and you steal this one back because you don't expect to do that to Green Bay to where you can rest some guys in the second half, I and mean, we got to rest some players in the second half. That's important. we got some old dudes on this team, especially on offense. Give them a little bit of a break. Give them a mental break so they don't have to go through the grind. Tristan Wirfs, you don't think that benefits him to rest easy for a little bit after going through that sequence with Bosa and Mac? Now he gets a rocking chair second half. You can get fat on some guys a little bit, get your stats up. Uh, that uh, That was a steal to get that win back, and now it puts you in trajectory to win the division. Just like you were out of trajectory and offline after losing a game you shouldn't have to the Bears, you're right back in line. The Bucks are going to win the division. I feel confident of it. Uh, first of all, you know they've got the game in hand against Carolina. I don't. I, Carolina is not as bad as we projected them to be, but they're not a good football team. And you know that's an eight eight team at best in my mind. Maybe nine and seven, I guess. Um, so I think the Bucks are better than them. I think the Bucks are better than the Saints. I think if the Bucks played the Saints tomorrow, the Bucks would win. I'd favor the Bucks in that game. I, I'm still mad they lost the first time because they're better than the Saints. And if Drew Drew Brees' cap gun arm tries to throw the ball against this secondary right now, no, 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 no. That, I think I like our chances in the rematch against the Saints. Let me just put it that way. And then secondarily, uh, obviously, you'd add the Falcons to this list. They're god-awful. Uh, so I, I, the Bucks are going to win the division. It's a matter to me about, you know, you're wrangling now. We talked about it before playing Green Bay. Are you good enough to do anything about wrestling away some home field advantage? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I right. know in the era of COVID, maybe it doesn't matter, but I'd rather play here and not right in seven January, degrees. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. But the thing about the NFL is if you, you know, look like a bunch of a-holes for a couple weeks in a row, yeah. now you're chasing, and you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be behind the Saints by a game or two in the standings, but you are because you messed around and you lost to the Bears, and it multiplied with a loss to the Packers. But again, you steal it back, and the way they did so, too, was was resounding. I, I don't agree with, uh, I heard Lee's take on, on Aaron Rodgers, and, and Ira does the same thing on JoeBucksFan.com saying he's a front runner. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that, that either. That franchise, look at Mike McCarthy and what he's doing in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And look how incomplete that organization is right now. The defensive side of the ball is a joke. Who held up who in that end of the bargain when it was a Super Bowl for Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy? And then Mike was there for another six, seven years. Who held up Who held up whom yeah. in that equation? Aaron Rodgers is a, a multiple-time MVP. He, uh, I think that's right. Two-time MVP, is that right? Um, I, well, I know... Obviously, he's a Super Bowl champion. Uh, he has performed as well as any quarterback in the last forty years. I mean, he's I mean, meaning when we talk about the elite quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers' name. You don't have to name too many people before you get to Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, also, I just the stat may be the stat. I'm kind of curious what anybody's stat is in this league when trailing what their record is as a quarterback. I, I mean, look. I mean, if you're losing in the game, fourteen to nothing, it's the NFL. It's hard to come well, back. I mean, but we've been talking for years about how that's an incomplete team. How it's him and nobody else. Yeah, it's essentially Peyton towards the end of his time with the Colts, and he's then they screwed him, him in the draft this year. Exactly, and he's also somebody who led the comeback against Dallas on the road. He led the comeback against Seattle on the road. They couldn't pick up an onside kick. No, his bona fides are his bona fides. However, how. However, where I would agree with both of them, he was done this week. He, he was done. Damn. He, was- he did not give a damn. That's where they are correct. In the short term, agree last weekend. In the long term, this yeah, big picture you don't agree. Guy, uh, no. Big picture you don't agree. Uh, you know, in, in in a small sample size of a game, this game, <laughs> one game, you'd say yes. I don't know what that was. I think he knew they didn't have an answer. There, there was no answer. They weren't going to block Tampa better. They didn't have anything for it. Uh, it actually did not play out in a way that gives me a lot of confidence if I'm a Green Bay fan that moving forward they're going to be the team that I thought they were prior to that game because they got exposed in a lot of areas and I don't know you know you you look at Green Bay's schedule you see their wins prior to the Bucks game and right. now you wonder what is Green Bay oh the Sharps are looking at it too it's only three and a half this week for Houston versus Green Bay that is correct Houston yeah well, remember, Houston had the hardest schedule in the NFL. So Houston's record is lopsided the other way because they played all the best teams yeah. to start the year. So, you know, Green Bay got fat on bad teams and then faced a good one and got pounded. Houston played every good team in the league. and lo- Hell, Houston had the game won against the Titans. Mm-hmm. And we know the Titans That's are good. what happens in Tennessee. Yeah, but we know the Titans are good, right? Yeah. So. I, what is Houston, right? Just like we asked, what's Green Bay? What is Houston? I don't think they're as bad as their record, and I, I don't think Green Bay's nearly as good as their record. I'll tell you what Houston is, free of O'Brien, and oh. they can all celebrate out that way yeah, for that reason. They can. Uh, go Bucks. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, for Tom Lang, I'm Jeff Cameron. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Be well. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.